It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Thursday edition of the Leach Report. Happy to have you on board with us. We're moving into a, a nice little phase here where it's going to be a little uh, cooler than would normally be the case in June. Heading out to play a little golf uh, this weekend, so looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully, uh, you have an opportunity to, to get out and do something fun uh, this weekend as well, golf, fishing, whatever it might be. In the meantime, kick back. We'll uh, enjoy a little U.K. sports conversation over the next hour. Coming up a little later in the show, we're going to uh, connect with Terry Wilson. Uh, we taped an interview with Terry last night because he was going to be working out today. He's in the first group of players that are back doing the workouts over the Craft Center. So uh, we'll have Terry Wilson coming up a little later in the show. Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated and Mike Pratt coming up here in just a bit. Wildcat News of the Day is a service of Cardinal Point Financial Group. That's private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. The uh, Lynn Bowden uh, story that uh, broke during our show yesterday, we uh, gave you just a few details on that. Um, the little follow-up here, there was a Youngstown TV station that reported on a, on a search by uh, some federal agents at a home there in Youngstown. Uh, Lynn was there. The home uh, reportedly is owned by his grandmother. Some uh, weapons were seized, but no arrests were made, and uh, there's no indication of anything that I've seen anywhere of any wrongdoing by uh, Lynn Bowden. Uh, the Raiders, I think, uh, sent out a, a release that uh, they're aware of the situation, and basically that was the extent of, of their release. Uh, Sword Performance, uh, Lexton-based company who uh, uses uh, Lynn as an endorser, they uh, put out a, a statement in support uh, of Lynn. Um, and uh, it looks from all accounts that uh, maybe a, uh, a case of, being wrong place wrong time so um nothing uh more to come from that um and there yes the i think it was lynn's uh, agency uh, that uh, his representation uh put out a, a release as well uh, explaining that it was uh, a raid at a home that he where he was staying at the uh, that day and that uh, there were again no arrests made uh there were reports of uh Lynn being in handcuffs, and uh, that was just a case, according to the release from the, from the agency, that uh, everyone that was at the home was initially uh, handcuffed as part of the search, and then uh, the handcuffs were taken off, and uh, uh, nobody was charged. And uh, that was the thing yesterday when the story came down, that um, I saw the, in the initial report that there was uh, some, some mention of handcuffs, but then it said no arrest made, so didn't mention the handcuffs part, because that certainly, uh, you know, can... can give you an implication of something that in fact here was was not the case there were no arrests so um hopefully that uh, will be the end of that story for lynn governor Bashir has approved a plan to hold the state fair in late august and why is that significant to a uk sports show well uh, one would assume that this bodes well for the prospect of some 
level of crowds at college football games uh, shortly after the State Fair runs. And uh, same for the Kentucky Derby. The PGA Tour returns today, so live, a little more live sports uh, coming. This one uh, event that will be played in Texas, like Roy McIlroy, Brooks Kepka among the headliners at that event. And SEC Media Days are going to be virtual this year, dates and times to be announced uh, later. I'm assuming it'll come up sometime next month. Uh, and... We told you about uh, Maxfield off the Kentucky Derby Trail. Uh, Swiss skydiver, though, uh, leading contender for the Kentucky Oaks. Her trainer, Kenny McPeak, I saw a quote from him where uh, he mentions the uh, Ashland Stakes at Keeneland as a possibility. So she would be one of the headliners of the summer meet at Keeneland. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're heading to a break. Mike Pratt will join us when we come right back. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. Fourteen past the top of the hour. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline and bring on Mike Pratt, the U.K. Hall of Famer, joining us to uh, talk a little U.K. sports. Um, got live another live sports starting back up today. This uh, weekend we'll have the PGA Tour to watch, so that's going to be fun. Well, it's about time. I think we're all uh, worn out <laughs> with the old movies and the old games and uh, I've never watched so much television at night in my life, and, and on Saturdays and Sundays. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm real excited to watch that, and hopefully baseball will get their act together, and we'll be able yeah, to have some hope. baseball sometime this summer. You know, Tom, you and I both like baseball. It, I was walking this morning, and I'm thinking, you know, yesterday was hot and humid, and today was much nicer. But I'm thinking, you know, is this is this the end of August, first September? What, where's it all going? It's only June. <laughs> I know, and oh, you know, baseball's man. missing. I think a great opportunity uh, to uh, you know think. Ideally, they should have you know, assuming all the health things could be worked out, they should should have been ready to. The original talk was being ready to go by July Fourth weekend, which would have been wonderful. And uh, they keep uh, the the millionaires keep arguing with the billionaires. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be uh, what people say is the baseball has the strongest union and then basketball and then football, but um, I, I, that's just what people say that are close to the situation. And I, I think that historically the players' union has gotten in the way of, of baseball, and they had numerous strikes and this and that. And I, I'm like you. I wish they would. I mean, come on. You, if you need a paycheck, go play. Uh, if you don't need a, play, a paycheck, don't play. But let's get a game going with somebody. I was looking at a little video that uh, was tweeted out. I'm assuming this must, the tweet maybe came from the uh, folks that Keon Brooks is working out with, but it was of Keon going through an individual workout session. And I don't know if you saw it, but a really nice array of offensive skills that he was showing off in this uh, video, maybe a couple of minutes long. He looks to be in, in great shape. Uh, so just watching that, I mean, it's, it's a couple of minutes of, of video in, in June, but, uh, it was very encouraging. I will say that I liked what I saw. I, I saw that this morning. I watched it a couple of times, watched some things he did with his, uh, with the ball, his handle looked good. He was, uh, mm-hmm. creating off the bounce. Now there wasn't a defender there, but you know, he was 
what we used to call make believe, right? And right. Uh, he, he was doing things off that bounce and creating and uh, looked uh, very impressive. Uh, but I will tell you, at the end of the year, the kid made strides. You can see his confidence grow in, in him wanting to try different things offensively. Um, so it looks like he's gotten a little stronger, Tom. I thought so, too. I had the same uh, impression. And, you know, he was a, a guy that, um, you know, he would try early in the season, you know, he'd shoot threes or try to take something off the dribble. Didn't always work out too well. And But the thing was, they uh, – whether it was Kenny Payne, Tony Barbie, whoever uh, working with him, uh, practice in individual sessions, he started. You could see a, an occasional flash coming, and then it really all kind of came together in that uh, game down at Florida, where uh, he made a couple of uh, outside shots, and you could just see kind of the confidence click in for him. And uh, off this video, at least, if you're if you're hoping that that was the beginning of a. Uh, um, significant move up for Keon. Uh, yeah, again, it's just one little clip of video, but there, everything you see on here certainly uh, gives you confidence that that could happen. Uh, this is just my opinion, but I think going from high school to college and then college to the pros, there's two areas that guys have to really uh, battle through. There's one, what do I do at the point of attack? defensively by whomever I'm playing. If I got the ball, the pressure on me when I have the ball is greater than high school when you're in college. When you go to the pros, it's even greater. And the other part of it is, what do I do when I get to the paint? What do I do on the half court when I'm challenged uh, in the paint in college versus high school, pro versus college? I think those two areas offensively are two of the biggest adjustments uh, a guy has to make. And uh, I think there, it, it, some guys make it easier than others. And it is easier against certain teams. But when you get the top-end teams, the quality teams, I think those two points uh, that you have to attack the defense or they attack you uh, that are the hardest to develop and grow. And last year, why I mentioned that is Keon seemed to struggle in a crowd. He seemed to struggle with uh, pressure uh, on the ball, which is very typical. But uh, if he can, you know, make that uh, move in terms of handling that better, um, he could have a, a really nice uh, in second year because certainly, you know, there's so much strength in the in the backcourt uh, that uh, you know, with him having a year's experience, he's uh, kind of the leader of the pack in those frontcourt players. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that he can react and do things defensively to keep uh, Calipari. Uh, happy, maybe even become a terrific defensive player. We'll see. Um, with Nick back there last year, you know, you can make some mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. He can erase your mistakes. But um, I think is Keon going to be a bucket getter? Is he a guy you can go to when you need a bucket? Um, that's that's what I want to see out of him. And then the other thing, I think he's got the ability to get some easy baskets on putbacks get the loose ball and score it, or the put-back basket, get to the charity stripe. I think he's one of those guys that some guys don't want to get involved in that regard or just don't have the instinct to be involved. I think I saw that in him. When he would find a rebound or get a loose ball on a a missed shot, he may not have been strong enough, Tom, to finish at that point in his career. I think next year he will be. 
Yeah, I think you're right. That's an excellent point. Let me get you to take on one other thing. Um, the uh, name, image, likeness story, uh, the Duke AD came out uh, in support of the uh, his uh, rival AD over at UNC the week before in um, opposing uh, a lot of the things that the NCAA is talking about. You played college at the highest level, played professionally, and were on the administration side uh, as well in college as a, as a coach at UNCC. So um, – what do you make? Is is he uh, swimming against the flow here? The the two ads there from the ACC. Uh, do they uh, raise some concerns that are legit? What's your take? Well, yeah, like many things in our society in our world right now, it, it's easy to come out and make a statement on anything, one way or the other, and not have a game plan, an execution, a solution, whatever you want to call it. It's easy to come out and say name, image, and likeness. Well, how's that going to work? Let me. Tell me how it's going to work so I can get my arms around it. Or if you're against it, tell me how it's going to work, okay? Tell me how it's going to work. Um, and, and in our society, we have a great issues we're dealing with. Um, police. Uh, how, how's all this going to work? That's what I want to know. If, if it's just rhetoric because you're trying to uh, stonewall something, okay, I don't want to hear that. I, I want to hear people so I can learn. I want to hear people come with suggestions how it works. You just can't say, it, it could work, okay, and here's why. Or it can't work, and here's why. Uh, let's be honest. Let's be upfront. Let's be transparent. Good enough. Thank you, Mike Pratt. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll uh, get back on the golf course soon. Well, you got to come down here and play with me one day. We'll do that. Okay. I'll, uh, got an invitation. I'll give you a holler. We'll set that up. Okay, buddy. See Mike ya. Pratt. It's at Mike Pratt 22 on Twitter. Uh, he, uh, I may need to play a, a couple of more rounds, but Mike's been playing regularly. His his game's way ahead of mine. It's going to be my second time for the year playing this weekend, so he is way ahead of me at this point. But we will get that done. Uh, 23 past the top of the hour. We'll be right back with Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. 25 past the top of the hour. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We bring on Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated. Uh, Justin, as someone who covers college sports, we'll get your take on uh, how you think this plays out. The Zion Williamson story, a former agent in some legal filings, is uh, alleging that the, the family made a a move to a home with substantially higher rent when Zion signed with Duke. And so there's some salacious uh, allegations and implications that are made in these legal filings. How do you think this all plays out? I mean, I hate to speculate on things where so much has not been revealed yet, but just the bare facts that you mentioned, if you look into the financials, it's a curious situation made even more interesting by the fact that his camp is stonewalling so adamantly, almost frantically. Um, and that just gives the impression that there's obviously something to hide, which isn't always fair, but doesn't really make sense why there would be such an aggressive campaign to stonewall if there isn't something to hide. And, you know, I guess for- fortunately for Duke, they only reached the Elite Eight, so there's only so much at stake unless this really directly implicates more of the major players at the school, which there's no reason to believe is the case. I think, personally, I've just become so so uh, used to this that I'm a little bit jaded about anything, you know, substantively happening or changing as a result of this, but it would be potentially a, a big source of embarrassment for a coach 
who's been fantastic over his career, maybe the best ever, but has prided himself and benefited from an image of somebody who's been a little bit above some some of the worst of the fray. Yeah, that's that to me is the uh, the would be the biggest angle to the story is uh, it if it plays out in the worst possible way for for Duke and for Zion would be that the embarrassment factor more than than any penalties. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, nobody's going to take away the five titles. They, they might take away the elite eight, um, but you know, the all-time win thing isn't really an angle for Duke. Um, you know, compared to Kentucky and Kansas and North Carolina, it, it would be a black mark on his resume. But I would just remind people. I mean, John Wooden survived. You know, Sam Gilbert and has, has come out as you know people remember Wooden a lot more than they remember Gilbert. So you know, it, it, we're just more and more I think going to view this as maybe the steroid era for baseball. It's for college basketball where, you know, maybe this stuff has been going on all along, but we're just learning a lot more about it now. Uh, got a couple of Lister questions. One from uh, Steve. Was Oklahoma State the worst offender as far as the uh, the basketball cases that the NCAA is looking at, or should we expect harsher punishments for others? I would think it would definitely be the latter. Uh, Kansas, Louisville, LSU, are you anticipating harsher punishments for all of them? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think that we've seen the worst of it yet. I mean, there have been a lot of bad offenders, but in terms of, you know, what we've heard about LSU, just the smoke around Kansas, you know, Louisville's probably got another hammer dropping. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the worst of it. And from Joe, I uh, wants to uh, hear a little discussion on special teams for Kentucky football. And I think for Kentucky, the concern is not so much special teams as one area of special teams and the placement kicking, right? Yeah, yeah, they've got a few options. They've got Ruffolo, they've got um, they've got Chance Poor, they've got a walk-on Graham Wald coming on, a local kid. So that's going to be an ongoing competition. Honestly, I thought the place kicking concerns would be pretty catastrophic for a team that plays field position football, doesn't get a lot of opportunities, leans so heavily on Austin McGinnis. But they've survived it up to this point. That doesn't mean they're going to going forward, but they've managed fairly well with a tenuous kicking situation. That's really the only question mark about special teams. I think it's going to be a good unit overall. It'll be interesting to see how the staff divides the on-field coaching of that because they don't have a special teams coordinator. Louis Matsakis behind the scenes, um, kind of a, a staffer, who's not on field, um, is going to have a larger voice, but pretty rare to see a team not have full-time position coach assistant um, coaching coach. More with Justin Rowland when we come back on the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Visiting with Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com here on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Um, any thought on uh, the Cade Cunningham, uh, how that plays out? Uh, do, do you think he stays at Oklahoma State, goes pro? I know uh, we had David Sisk on from your site earlier this week, and uh, he seemed to think Kentucky was a very unlikely possibility. Yeah, most people that we've talked to, and David especially, have kind of tapped the brakes on that. I think it's natural for people to assume it because there has been some information on Corey Evans, a basketball recruiting analyst with rivals, you know, kind of validated people who thought that Cade was really close to picking Kentucky initially. I mean, that was the buzz, and um, it was trending that way for a while, and he said that they they really kind of had to pull him away from that. He wanted to do it. Um, so it makes sense, but... That'd be a pretty dramatic change, of course, this late. I think it was initial. You know, there's a shock value where, you know, he feels blindsided by it, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna 
he's going to uproot and change course and change plans at the last minute. Shift to a little uh, football. I saw a tweet uh, that you referenced, an in-state defensive, and I believe from Louisville Mail, um, named Brown uh, in the class of 22. And you noted that that's supposed to be a really strong class, or thought to be. Yeah, Sayla Brown. Um, he's a defensive lineman. We've already got him at four stars on rivals. And you've got an offensive lineman from the state, Grant Bingham, who's picking up a lot of offers right now. And I've heard Kentucky considers him in the same cut from the same cloth. The caliber is Drake Jackson, Landon Young, Jager Burton, um, some of the really good offensive linemen in the state recently. you got a quarterback, Gavin Wimsat, who's starting to pick up offers from all over the place. You've got Travion Longmire from Corbin, an athlete who's already been on the radar for a couple of years, and Keontae Goodwin, who's just uh, a Louisville kid from, from, I mean, he's been on there for, for two years already, and he's like 6'7", 340 pounds, just massive. So, you know, there's a lot of talent in Louisville. I'm not sure where they're leaning, but it looks like a good crop of talent for the state. And uh, you guys have a, a story up at the uh, site at catsillustrated.com about one of the current defensive in- linemen in state, Octavius Oxendine. That there's been so much t- buzz about Justin Rogers, but uh, Oxendine's kind of flying a little under the radar with uh, a lot of uh, high expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. He enrolled early, and uh, I mean, it's just a banner year for defensive line talent that Kentucky signed: Oxendine, Trayvon Ribka, Justin Rogers, Samuel Anale. Um, uh, Josiah Hayes, all four-star defensive linemen. And he, he's the one who got there early along with Anele, who they've got at linebacker. And Oxendine is just, he's strong. I mean, his name is very fitting. He's an ox. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, the question for me was how polished was he going to be, but what people were really impressed with was how mature he was in taking care of his business and, and schoolwork and managing his time and work ethic. And personality, he just made a really seamless, smooth transition. And uh, he might be the most likely defensive lineman to contribute as a freshman this year. Back to basketball. Um, you guys uh, at the site did a roundtable discussion among yourself and uh, other guys on your team about the potential impact of Olivier Saar. So we assume that he gains his eligibility. Uh, was there a consensus on what his season at Kentucky could look like? Yeah, we framed it, phrased it like, will he be the best transfer of the Calipari era? And three of the guys, David, Jeff, and Travis, said, uh, said yes, he will be. And I said that my expectation is he'll be about as impactful as Reed Travis. And I think I understand where they're coming from. Their point is just in terms of you know, physical ability, size, He's not going to run into the matchup problems that Travis sometimes ran into where he was neutralized because he was a little bit undersized and trying to be that guy down low. But, you know, my point is if he's Reed Travis, then, you know, you, you take that, you bank it. That Kentucky team could have won a national championship on the strength of a front court that was him and P.J. Washington. So, I mean, I think we saw when Travis was out for a little while um, what his impact was in terms of communication in terms of, you know, being at the right place, in terms of intangibles, not to mention production, that if he's that guy, Kentucky can be really good. But they think he can be better than Travis, so so we'll see. The other guy up front, we were just talking about this with uh, Prattle earlier, Keon Brooks, uh, uh, posted a, a short video through a, about a workout he was doing. It was very impressive in the, in the video clip. Um, he's kind of the in the same spot that EJ was, right, coming into his second year. So uh, we'll see if uh, he is able to be more productive. 
I mean, if you look at what he did in the Florida game, he was one of the big reasons they came back last last game of the year against Florida, and they won with Hagen's not playing and with quickly fouled out. It was really Maxie and Brooks, and he seemed to rise to the occasion when more was put on him. Um, I think EJ is a much better comparison for him than PJ from freshman to sophomore year, just because PJ really did, I don't want to say dominate, but he really became that dude at the end of his freshman year, scoring in the paint. Um, and Ke- Keon didn't have to do that, but he might only have to be a fourth scorer for this team. So, you know, if he can be an 8.9 point, six or seven rebound guy, I mean, that would be a fantastic building piece and, and a fourth guy that they didn't have, or a fifth guy that they didn't have this past season. But yeah, the potential is there for definitely an improvement. Yeah, I think you make a good point because PJ was, you know, a, a national player of the year candidate by the time he was at the end of his season. I don't, they, I don't think that's the, the expectation for Keon in year two, nor the need, uh, where they maybe needed that from PJ. But yeah, I think that, that kind of role production, uh, would be, uh, tremendously welcome. Yeah. I mean, Keon can score in a variety of ways mm-hmm. and his shot has great potential and, the most impressive thing for me was some of his per-minute rebounding stats. It wasn't always consistent, but it was really impressive sometimes. Um, I would caution, not everybody is going to be quickly, or PJ, in terms of freshman to sophomore year. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think Keon, there's no reason to believe he's not going to be a, a big, big part of next year's front court. And if the front court next year can be as good as it was this year, and you've got the, the really talented guys um, a guard and wing to build around, then, yeah, it's going to be a national contender. Justin, thanks for the time, as always. Thanks a lot. Justin Rowland, CatsIllustrated.com, at Roland Rivals on Twitter. We'll be back with Terry Wilson on the Leach Report Radio Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. It's the Leach Report for a Thursday. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline and bring on QB1, Terry Wilson of the Kentucky football team. And he's part of the first group that is back and going through uh, some workouts at the Nutter facility under the supervision of the strength coaches. And I guess, Terry, we'll start with um, how are you doing as far as uh, how close to 100% from the knee injury? Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, I'm getting my confidence back. And um, just from, you know, these past three days of, you know, training, um, you know, I, I'm getting my confidence. You know, I'm, I'm feeling faster. You know, I'm competing against, you know, my, my brothers. Um, so it. It's definitely, you know, bringing, you know, bringing the most out of me and just trying to compete. And so it's feeling really good. You know, I haven't had any problems with it. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd say I'm about 90%. And, you know, I'm still working on it. But, you know, that's what I feel like. And, um, you know, it, it's doing fine. I don't know how you are, but most people seem to be motivated by working out with someone else more so than, than doing it individually. Is it that way for you? Yeah, I, I actually do feel like that. Um because you know you you're used to working out with your teammates and you know you're and even you know out of the facility you know even if you're working out you're probably with your teammates so um you know it's just always good to you know to be able to get pushed by you know somebody um you know because I feel like that just brings the best out of me um you know always just happen to be you know on top of my game and you know being the leader on the team you know I just have to you know make sure I'm always you know doing what I have to do and 
you know, and holding holding uh, others accountable. So I just feel like it, it helps me just to you know look to my left and look to my right um, to see you know that my guys are you know they're going full speed you know every rep and you know I have to do the same. Every athlete that uh, I think I've ever talked with that has had any kind of a knee injury uh, talks about the the rehab is lonely. You know, you don't have those yeah. teammates there around you, and it's maybe you and a, and a trainer, uh, and maybe you have stuff you have to do on your own. Was it that way for you? Um, I'd, I'd say, yeah, um, definitely at first, you know, um, just going through that. And, I mean, it's during the season, you know, while I'm rehabbing. So I'm not, I'm not out there at practice, um, you know, I, I'm inside rehabbing. I'm not, you know, I can't be around the guys like that because most of the time I'm, you know, rehabbing and just trying to get my leg right. So, it definitely can get it can get lonely for sure. Um, I had D Rob in the training room with me and uh, Nick Scalzo, so you know those a couple guys that you know just kept me kept me uplifted. Um, but it can definitely get lonely because you're in there, you know, 100 percent of the time. You know, sometimes you're not even going to meetings; you're just you know working working your your, your knee. Um, so it can it can get it can get tiring for real. Well, I'm sure you get tired of talking about the knee injury, so we'll move on from that. <laughs> Coach Henshaw uh, was on with us uh, a month or two ago, and he was talking about the Zoom meetings. And, and the, you guys mm-hmm. couldn't work out together you know, as a quarterback group, but he thought mm-hmm. you could get uh, uh, a lot more than usual from film study because of have you know, doing more of it and breaking it down through those Zoom sessions. Did you feel like you uh, gained a lot on the the mental side of of being the uh, being a quarterback through? what yeah. everybody's had to go through? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely would have to say that, um, you know, during this whole, you know, pandemic and what's every, everything going on, um, you know, just being able to get on Zoom and, I mean, we're waking up, you know, early and, and getting on Zoom and getting straight to it, um, you know, and for about an hour. And it, it's definitely helpful because we're going over things, you know, we're in soft four right now and we're, we're going over things that are, you know that are our bread and butter plays, that things that we run. So it's definitely it, it, it's it's an advantage just to be able to um, you know get with all the quarterbacks and Coach Henshaw and be able to go through all that because you know I feel like once it's time to get back on the field, our minds are going to be sharp. This is the Leach Report, and we're chatting with Terry Wilson about the upcoming football season for the Wildcats and his return as quarterback, offensive lineman, the defensive lineman. Some of those position groups couldn't get a lot done during this downtime but i would i would assume as a as a quarterback you could you know you could so, so certainly work out with a receiver and be socially distant were you able to do some throwing yeah oh of course um you know and, and we do a good job on you know making sure we're we're masked and uh you know just everybody's trying to stay safe um you know that's the last thing we want to do is be able to you know you know interfere with anybody or you know get anybody sick so um, you know, we're masked up and everybody keeps their distance and we can still get our work in. So it hasn't been a struggle at all, really, just to get the guys together and, you know, do some throwing. I think I saw in one of the uh, interviews you've done recently that you, uh, one of the guys you worked out with a lot was Josh Ali. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Tell me what, coming off what he did in the bowl game, um, mm-hmm. catching the game winning pass, what are your, what are your expectations for him coming into this season? Yeah, I mean, they're high, um, as usual, and the same is for me, you know, as he would say. Um, but, you know, Josh is, Josh is that guy that, you know, he's, it, it's his time. You know, he's the, he's the head guy of his group, and, um, you know, he's the leader of the group. 
Um, so, I mean, it's huge for the offense, you know, and, you know, he's, he's, he's such a great football player. Um, and, you know, all it, all it takes is just to get the ball in his hand. He'll show that, but, um, it's been huge, man. Just even throwing with them and, you know, we're, we're on the same page and everything just feels, you know, it feels right how it's supposed to feel. And, you know, he's been working really hard too. So, you know, my expectations for Josh is, you know, is high. Um, because he's capable of making, you know, big plays out there on the field. I'm assuming you were part of the, the march last weekend since you were here in town. Yep. What right. was what did that mean to you to uh, do that with uh, your teammates and some of your coaches? Mm-hmm. It's powerful, man. Uh, it's very powerful because, you know, they, you know, it's some, it's some, oh, how should I say it? It's some people, you know, that, you know, that don't really, you know, just understand, you know, what a, a African, you know, black African male uh, you know, goes through, um, and for them just to be like, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to learn more about this. Um, or I, I, I want to get educated about it. And, you know, we've all had to talk about this, um, you know, in a, in a team meeting, but you know, just the guys that are taking accountability, just to wanting to be able to, you know, get more knowledge on everything and just wanting to be there for us. I mean, it, it was huge. Um, you know, it, it meant a lot, you know, it meant a lot to all of us. And, that's just what brings, you know, the team even closer because Coach Stoops, you know, that's all he wants. He wants us, you know, we're, we're, we're so close, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, none of the bonds can be broken because that's just how close we are. We, we really are like a family. And, you know, that's not just a, uh, you know, a cliche thing to say, but, you know, we really are a family, um, because how we go about, you know, life, you know, they, they, they teach us things outside of football. Um, you know, just in the regular, you know, daily life. So, yeah, I mean, it was very powerful and, you know, it meant a lot just to have them out there and um, just to see the guys. And you're going to be a dad here in over a couple of months. All that's going well, yeah. right? Yes, sir. Everything's going good. Great. One month. Um, it's an exciting time to, to think about being a first time father for, mm-hmm. uh, for any man. Um, mm-hmm. and are you seeing some of the things that are happening in the world? Are, are you, uh, hopeful that your son or daughter is going to find life maybe that won't be as difficult as, as it has for uh, mom and dad. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and, you know, it's just crazy because, you know, with everything going on, you know, that's, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, we have a platform as, as athletes and, um, you know, we want to get that, you know, out there so you know, the younger generation can come through and, you know, just live, live that, 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 you know, the life that, you know, it's fair for everybody, you know, and, and equal. And, you know, just, just those things, you know, come to my mind and, you know, during this time, but, um, you know, I've, I've definitely thought about it and, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I can do whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, whatever, um, to be, so she can, you know, be able to, you know, have the, have everything that she needs and, you know, everything's fine, so you know, I'm I'm excited about it, but um, I feel like I'm definitely going to be protective. You, yeah, you will be. You'll, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like they always say, you, you Barry can tell you about it, but it'll be different once you actually go through it, because uh, it's like yeah. a lot of things in life. Let me ask you one more football yeah. question, and we'll cut you loose. Okay. Um, how do you think you'll be different or or better as a quarterback going through everything you've gone through, and now just with even more experience coming into this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'd just say first. First off, um, experience. You know, the experience, you know, and definitely in this league is huge. So, 
um, you know, just knowing the speed of the game, just knowing, you know, what I have to do is, is really huge. And, you know, the mental side of the game, um, you know, it, just knowing, you know, the coverages and knowing what I have to do, um, just having that, that football IQ, um, you know, it goes a long way. But just gaining this not, I mean, gaining my confidence with the, um, you know, the, 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 the knee injury, just gaining it back, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's really making, you know, things a lot more easier um, just to go out there and play ball and, and not worry about, you know, anything about my knees. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready. You know, I, I wish we could play tomorrow, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> You're not I'm the only ready, one. <laughs> I think a lot of fans <laughs> feel that way too. Uh, I think yeah. it's just everybody's excited that it looks like we're kind of trending toward uh, the season starting on time. So uh, hopefully yeah. that, those trends continue, and uh, I know that's oh, yeah. uh, what everybody wants. Uh, Terry, I appreciate you giving us a little time for and uh, doing this. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. That is Terry Wilson. We taped it last night. Appreciate him doing that because uh, he's going to be busy this morning. It's the Leach Report. A couple of Wildcat birthdays today. Chuck Hayes and Coach Fran Kersey both celebrating their birthdays. Great to see Chuck uh, this past season when Kentucky was playing down at Vanderbilt. He was there scouting. For the Rockets. Two former cats, Eric Daniels, Ravi Moss, are organizing a peaceful protest march for Saturday afternoon, starting at 1 Eastern time. They'll go from the Craft Center to Rupp Arena and back, have uh, some guest speakers, um, and uh, that's up on the Ravi and Eric's Facebook pages. You can find out more about it if you'd like to participate. Congrats to Bryce Jarvis, uh, Tate's Creek High School product from here in Lexington. He pitched collegiately at Duke. First round pick in the Major League Baseball draft last night, I think by the Diamondbacks, but a uh, product of Tate's Creek High School. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow with Ben Roberts and Mike DeCourcy here on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here 